listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 17th of April, 2023. Later, a record set of numbers from toll road operator Transurban. But first to the housing market, and economists at ANP Capital say given the current pace of population growth as migrants return, Australia's housing shortage will not improve without a lift to housing construction, and that both state and federal governments have big roles to play. For more, I spoke with Diana Messina. She is a senior economist at AMP Capital. It's a problem and it will only just get worse in the next few years. It looks like over the coming five years that the shortage of both houses and apartments will be somewhere in a range of twenty to 30,000 a year. So that has a build-up effect if we continue to build the same level of houses and apartments that we are every year and keep running the same immigration targets. Why is it happening? Well, it's a combination of things. Uh, First off, Australia has a very high number of immigrants coming into the country. So our permanent migration numbers are now back to around their record highs. Short-term arrivals still have some way to go before they get back to their pre-COVID levels. But overall, it's the permanent migration that adds to housing demand. And this is occurring at a time when the building construction industry is going through a lot of turmoil. Of course, high interest rates discourage residential construction. And we had a big boom in residential construction during the pandemic because of the Home Builder Grant. Interest rates were cut to zero. But all the supply problems in the industry, problems in getting labour and also high interest rates is discouraging residential construction at a time that it actually needs to rise to keep up with the level of population growth. Over the past 10 years, overall, Australia generally hasn't built enough homes to keep up with our population, which is why we've seen upwards pressure on, on, on home prices. If migration is a big factor, right, is there a case for limiting numbers until construction catches up? Well, there is a case that we may need to review the level, the levels of immigration or the targets that the federal government has set. But the problem is that residential construction and generally building construction take a while to get going. There's a very long process. It has a long time frame. So if we start building more homes right now, they're not going to be ready for a number of years. So you're looking at changing the immigration caps and or limits for, for a number of years. Now, that does have negative consequences for the economy in terms of the, the potential or one of the inputs into economic growth because the level of the population does drive economic growth. It increases retail spending. It increases all other parts of GDP. But if we continue to have a shortage of homes, it does it, it, it is a negative for living standards and it also can impact infrastructure uh, spending. So there is a big flow through impact in terms of what the population growth numbers are to what the impact is on the economy. So how do we fix all of this? How much of a role does the government need to play, especially as we head into the federal budget? What kind of measures should there be short and long term? I mean, the housing shortage problem is a difficult one to fix because it takes 
a few years. It takes a long time to build up that level of residential construction if you keep on running high immigration numbers. The short answer really is that we just need to build more homes. And the government has a massive role to play here, more from a state point of view, because the state governments are the ones that really drive the greenfield development, zoning restrictions, all the approval processes around building approvals, how long they take, also some of the negative community backlash against building more, because we know that actually the shortage of, of, of homes is predominantly based in apartments, because apartments are the, usually the places where short-term arrivals come and houses are really the ones that are spread out in more of the rural areas where we, we know there's not as many of these shortage of, of, there's not this shortage of housing. And the federal government has a role in terms of coordinating all of the state governments and the approach overall to housing. The federal government did come out with a national housing accord last year, one of the policies in the budget, but it didn't, it was more of a statement around we're going to try and build more affordable homes in the next five years, they want to build 200,000 new homes a year. But to me, that wasn't anything new. We should be building 200,000 new homes a year. That should just be business as usual. That should be the norm for Australia. We really need to go above that to solve some of these problems because we know that the shortage of housing is having a huge impact on the rental market and also on the home buying market. Diana Messina there from AMP Capital to the Australian share market today, which rose 0.3% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,381. For more, I spoke with Stuart Roberts from Stocks Down Under. Lithium is up and gold is down. So the perception is that uh, inflation expectations are coming back to normal. And the, the new economy, as, um, uh, as, as uh, shown by this particular metal, uh, new economy metal, um, that's, the price of that is stabilising. We're going to see uh, Tesla report its numbers this week, and I suspect it'll be another record uh, high in terms of shipments. The market will, will get a little fussy about the level of profit that Tesla is enjoying. The big news is that more and more electric vehicles are on the road every single month, and that means more demand for lithium, amongst other things. So it's not just Tesla coming out with numbers this week. We've got the likes of Netflix. So our quarterly reporting uh, earning is, is really starting to ramp up. What's expected generally and what's it likely to say about the U.S. economy and its future? I believe the U.S. is going to uh, skirt through a recession. And the reason for that is prices are modulating across the board. Um, so you're not going to see huge growth, say, from, from Netflix, but you're still going to see them meet their, uh, their guidance, which I think is for about 4% uh, uh, revenue growth. Um, I think we'll see those numbers uh, reflected across a range of companies, and it'll show that the U.S. economy is in reasonable shape, given how interest rates have been jacked up quite strongly over the last year or so. We know, though, that the Fed is already calling uh, that it's expecting a mild recession. How is the market placed for a potential mild recession? Yeah, I, th I think the, the, the market is discounting those, those numbers and, uh, and is expecting that mild means we get through with it with just a very uh, uh, small amount of GDP decline. Um, if you want a parallel to what's going on, you've really got to go back to the 1940s, at the end of the Second World War. Um, uh, inflation was strong at that time, but unemployment was low as the economy made the transition from wartime to peacetime. Um, if you can think of, of COVID as a war, we're now transitioning over to peacetime and we're experiencing similar kind of conditions to then. So if, if we're having a mild recession, it'll be very, very mild indeed.
locally, there's, there's not a lot of news coming out of the market, but the main one that I found interesting, Transurban, the toll road operator, record third quarter traffic numbers, especially in Sydney and Brisbane. So uh, people are back on the roads. They're, they're happy to be paying tolls. Um, it follows the tolls. pandemic. That's right. And, and, you know, we've got inflationary pressures. What do you think? this all says about the business, but more importantly, how it's reflecting consumer behaviours in this current environment. Yeah, I think uh, the transurban numbers show we're not going to have a recession in Australia. Uh, People's willingness to get out on the roads and enjoy those roads. There are alternatives to transurban. It just takes a while to get from A to B. Um, So people are willing to spend that sort of money. Uh, Even in stuff where they're cutting back, I look, for instance, at the more recent numbers for Domino's. They're not cutting back badly. Domino's same-store sales in the half-yearly result were down only 0.6%. I think that's telling you that the consumer is tightening up a little bit, but not drastically. Uh, And in where it really counts, in a place like transportation. And remember, we've all been locked away for the best part of two years. Um, If we're not flying overseas, we're getting around uh, uh, the the big cities to visit our friends and family. Uh, And so that's telling you that in this return to normal, um, the consumer is still spending freely in uh, in a serious way. Finally, in this environment, where do you see the opportunities for investors? I'd look at the battery mineral space. Um, the price of battery minerals has taken a, a hammering in the last few months, at least on the spot market. Uh, in the um, uh, market for uh, long-term contracts, um, lithium, cobalt, et cetera, are holding up quite nicely. Uh, and I'm seeing opportunities in that space. I also think gold is still good. Inflation is going to be with us for a while yet. Uh, and uh, all the gold miners are in, in reasonable shape. We're seeing uh, Newcrest under takeover. Uh, I reckon there'll be more m in the gold space over the next little while. That is Stuart Roberts there from Stocks Down Under. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.